thank you everybody for joining me today for Real Talk with Adriana. Today I have with me Merle Rhodes with the Small Business Development Association. So first off, Merle, thank you very much for joining me this morning. I'm sure this is definitely a busy time for you. It's been very, very busy. So I know um, there's, I've seen a lot of stuff in the news and I've even seen some ads on like Facebook and stuff like that on uh, different types of assistance that are available for um, both small businesses, self-employed and, you know, independent contractors. Um, can you give us like a little bit of a brief explanation on um, the two major types and kind of what the main difference is between the two? I'd be glad to. Let me first uh, tell you a little bit about the Small Business Development Center. Uh, SBDCs, as we refer to them, uh, have are scattered throughout the United States, and they've been around for uh, since the 1930s. Uh, Congress um, passed a bill back then uh, that established the Small Business Administration and the SBDCs are partially funded by the Small Business Administration, the SBA, to help businesses in, uh, when I say help businesses, we're talking about both existing and new businesses to grow and prosper. And we provide free confidential consulting, affordable business training, and we connect uh, people to various resources. Our website is eastcoloradosbdc.com. And we have a lot of resources um, on that. And in in getting assistance, um, you actually go into that website, and I believe it's under um, who we are. There's a spot there for you to request an appointment. And when you request that appointment, they'll ask you some demographic information, and automatically um, they will. Uh, contact us. Our headquarters are in Greeley uh, with it, but we're scattered. We have 15 consultants scattered throughout northeastern Colorado uh, with that. But getting into the what has happened the last few weeks um, with the COVID-19 pandemic outbreak, uh, there are two different major loan programs. One is called the Paycheck Protection Program, and the other one is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. Uh, it's referred to as EIDL, E-I-D-L. Uh, uh, the Paycheck Protection, uh, you apply through a local um, SBA-approved lender banks. And uh, the EIDL program, you uh, apply directly on their website, which is um, sba.gov with that. The payroll protection program um, is the easiest one to access. Uh, it, um, 75% of it does need to go towards uh, payroll. Uh, the other 25% can be used on any other um, business expenses. Uh, the purpose of it is trying to keep people on payrolls. And what happens if you use 75% of it, and if you 
maintain all of your employees or call them back for an eight-week period before June 30th, that loan becomes a grant. Otherwise, you pay, um, I believe it's 1% for two years on that loan, so it's a very, very cheap loan. On the IDLE program, um, there is a, a part on there that you can check for advance up to $10,000, and that part is grant. Uh, but they've been giving uh, awards based upon $1,000 per um, employee. So the maximum of that is 10,000. So if you've got 10 employees, you would probably get the max. But then uh, the other part is a loan. And so far, I've never heard of any of the clients here locally uh, being contacted about the loan part. Some of them, uh, particularly those that applied uh, April 1st or before, have received, most of them have received their idle money, the advance money that they're going to be getting with it. Now, you cannot use, you can, you can draw from both programs, but you cannot use it for the same expenditures. So you're better off to use the Paycheck Protection Program um, for payroll and then use the other one for, for other things with that. And that's how that works. Uh, it's actually okay. the, the triple P is two and a half times the average monthly payroll for the prior 12 months uh, for monthly expenses. Okay. So you would... It would be a better idea than to, if you were able to get both and you got both, to use the payroll protection for just primarily all your payroll expenses and stuff like that. And then the idle for, say, like operating expenses like rent and utility payments, um, stuff like that. That's right. Now, originally, uh, they ran out of money within a week after they uh, uh, the program went into effect. And what happened, or shortly after, well, I guess it's probably 10 days, but what happened was independent contractors and sole proprietors could not apply until a week after everybody else had the opportunity. Well, there was only a couple of days of, for them to apply before the government ran out of money and the program was closed down. But uh, Congress has reauthorized uh, funds for that. and. Uh, so far, uh, things have gone uh, rather smoothly, but you don't want to wait too long before you apply. So what have you been hearing from people as far as um, what their processing time has been for both the PPE and the IDLE? Well, the IDLE has probably been more like about three weeks. Uh, the payroll protection plan, as long as there's money, uh, they've been getting it with just within a couple of days. Uh, I had one client that did not hear back from them for three weeks, and that was the first go round uh, with it. But that's kind of an exception, um, and the bank was out of town. But uh, most of them, you're going to know within a day or two uh, with that. But you work directly with a local banker, and and they can tell you what documentation you need and so forth. They actually, if you go on your bank's website, I believe all the banks have 
the application on their website and they will tell you exactly what you need as far as documentation is concerned. But one important thing about both programs is that you need to make sure you keep your receipts of what you use that money for because you're going to have to document that at the end. And that's a key, key factor. In fact, some people have recommended that uh, you even use a separate checking account uh, to put that money in, and then it'll be much easier to document where that money goes. But be sure to keep your receipts. That's very, very important. Yeah, I mean, definitely, because you don't want to be, you know, if you do end up getting the $10,000, you don't want to be stuck after all this is over with a $10,000 loan. That's just right. because, you know, of that. Even though um, it's a low interest loan, uh, but you do want to. You do want to be careful. In one case, um, I had a business that I had an employee who, uh, before this all hit, had already uh, was out looking for a full. She was part time, and she was out looking for a full time job, and she was offered a job after the um, COVID nineteen um, came to the foreplay, and um, technically they're not going to be able to. Um, get the grant because they can't, um, they can't probably bring her back in uh, to work. And, and that's one of the key factors is that they want you to bring back all the people that you let go. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. Um, so one question that I had um, is since people that are self-employed um, and independent contractors are also now able to apply for unemployment, um, how would that work if they are getting unemployment and they receive either the PPP or the IDLE grants? And it's possible to get both. Uh, since you brought up about the unemployment, um, make sure that you um, apply for the pandemic unemployment because there's two unemployments. There's the regular and then the pandemic unemployment. Now, one of the things that we I discovered with one of my clients is that she had worked part-time um, for a couple of months for an employer. And because of that, she did not qualify for the pandemic. She had to buy for the regular. And the amount that she was going to get uh, was far less than what she gets in a day's time on her regular job. So there's, you know, there's some things in there that's beyond your control sometimes um, in getting uh, getting that. I have heard that um, from a and, lot of people that. Yeah, I might mention, for the unemployment, contact the local workforce center, and they're very good about helping you. Yes, at the very beginning, uh, they got bogged down because so many people were applying in their system command work. But I think they got the kinks worked out of it, so it's not so bad anymore. And you can do that online. Any other, you know, information that you've learned so far about, you know, maybe problems that people have encountered so far with either one, um, as far as like documentation wise, or, you know, any issues that people have had with getting either loan type? The main thing is people gotta be patient. They've gotta realize that this wasn't planned and they had to put every all the procedures together in a very short period of time. 
and it created a lot of frustrations uh, for um, for everyone. Uh, the banks were told that they would start um, accepting applications like a day before, uh, at, right after Congress approved it. That wasn't enough time for them to get organized, etc. And uh, there's, I mean, I, I know a number of banks, and probably all of them, work through the weekend, including late at night, in order to get it set up so that they could process them on Monday, even though they were supposed to start processing them on Friday. But some of those things are beyond their control uh, with that. And uh, uh, but people just have to be patient, I think, on all of this. And you should, if you applied for the IDLE, you should have been given a number. If you did not get a number, then reapply. But you should have been given a number. As long as you've got that number, eventually they're going to get to you. What happened is that Colorado, um, there were several states, a state had to be declared a disaster area before you could apply. And several big states like California, the state of Washington and New York were all approved before Colorado. And so we're much lower in the queue than those states are. And so consequently, that's the reason why the money ran out before um, many of our people really got a chance to to apply the first time the first go mail gotcha so um switching over um i know i mean right now of course a lot of your time is probably spent you know talking about this ppp and the idle loan um but can you talk about what types of services um you offer for people or businesses uh when COVID is not happening yeah, our, our key thing, as I mentioned before, is to help existing and new businesses grow and prosper. And basically, there are four different areas. Um, starting your business, which would involve business planning, um, coming up with demographic industrial data and licensings and registrations and just very basic things that you need to know um, before you start up a business. Uh, even getting a sales tax license and and uh, registering your name with the Secretary of State and so forth, they have to be done in a certain order because one gives you a number and you have to have that number to do the other. And uh, a lot of people have tried to take some shortcuts and, and it just doesn't work. And sometimes they get caught, a third party pops up and says, I'll do this for you for a fee. Well, most of those services shouldn't cost you anything. I think it costs $50 to register your name with the um, Secretary of State, and some third parties are charging 150 and, and more for doing services that you can do yourself with it. Uh, after you have that number, uh, you then have to apply for an employer's identification number, even if you don't have an employee. And um, that's how the feds track your business. And, uh, banks require that number before you can even open up a business banking account with that. And that's where some of, uh, I, I've had one or two clients are into problems with that because they just use their personal bank account to begin with. And so when they went to apply for the PPP, they didn't have that identification number and they ran into some problems with that uh, on that. So uh, be sure that you organize your business 
right up front, and that's where we can help you. And to get a hold of us, all you have to do is go into our website and uh, request an appointment. And like I said, there's no charge for that. And then uh, for existing businesses, we do financial analysis. I do a lot of them because I have a background in that. Um, marketing, advertising, sales, uh, a lot of people want to know um, how they can increase their sales and what they need to do in uh, in marketing and doing that. Um, we we do a lot of training in the social media and website building and so forth. And and a lot of people don't know how to price their products and services, and that's that's sometimes very frustrating too. Then the third uh, component that we do is sustaining your what we refer to as sustaining your business. And this is one that we didn't think we'd ever have to use, and that's called the disaster preparedness. Yes, a few years ago when the flood went through Morton County, I had a few um, clients that um, did apply for a disaster loan, which was really different than what, what they're doing now. Uh, but it's just a, a geographical location. Uh, people in Logan County, um, my counterpart in Logan County, she had a lot more cases of people filing for disaster loans. Um, but we also work with strategic planning, and and if you're a manufacturing company, we we help you try to figure out where you can speed up production and cut costs at the same time. And we also help with the formation of capital. You know, where can you find um, a loan and so forth. And one of the th things that I, I will mention that we learned from this is that lenders for years have requested or suggested that you had three to six months of expenses into a savings account before you ever open your business. I'm going to, from this day on, I'm going to be stressing that more and more because uh, whoever thought we would go through what we've gone through the last two months. And there were some that had heads in their savings enough to, to carry them for a few months and cover their expenses. But most people were living day day by day. And uh, so sometimes you have to delay your startup uh, of a business in order to put aside some money that's reserved. Um, starting a business by shoestring, I've had a few that's done it, a few that's have been successful, but it's been very, very stressful. And uh, uh, you really need to plan ahead. There's more to business than just opening the doors with it. And then uh, helping them to prosper. It's expanding locations, expanding products, um, putting evaluation onto your business, um, branding. What kind of brands are, are, are you, are people do they recognize your product or your services? What kind of a logo are you using and so forth? And probably one that people don't think about and really should, when you start your business, you need to also figure out how you're going to exit that business. Now, statistics says that there's um, a high percentage of businesses fail within the first year and in uh, five years too. Well, that's just because they're no longer in business. Because they're no longer in business, there's no sign that they failed. They may have only been intended when they started that business to be in it for a few years. 
and they're no longer in the business or they may have sold the business that's under another name. And that's not necessarily a sign of failure, but we have, all we can track is the fact that they're no longer in business, but we don't know why they're not in business and that cannot be tracked. That is a very good point. I had never thought about that. Yeah, some people generally do, you know, maybe just have the idea of doing a daycare for a little while, for example, because their kids are young and then after they're in school, they decide, nope, I'm going to go back into working full time. So that definitely makes sense. And I hadn't really thought about it that way. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I might mention, too, because you're in the real estate business. SBA normally have two different types of loans uh, besides disaster loans. Uh, One's referred to as 7A loan, uh, and it can be used for any kind of operating expenses, et cetera. The other one is a 504 loan, and you have to, you work through a local bank, but you have to, the bank works through a certified lender, and it's used for real estate the 504, and sometimes we do a combination of that. But an SBA loan is a bank guarantee loan. Uh, if the bank will put up 50%, you put up 20%, and then uh, SBA will come in with 30%. But the bank has first rights to the collateral, and usually a bank will make a loan to you uh, when they normally would not, because chances are you will have enough collateral that they can get their 50% back. And it's usually the SBA that takes the loss. Okay. So that would be, say, for example, the type of loan that you would use if you are trying to invest in, say, like a new location or a relocation of a business, right? That's right. That's right. Might mention, too, is that they have um, what they refer to as an express loan. And there's only one bank bank in the area that has that title uh, with it. Uh, They've done quite a few uh, SBA loans in the past. And so consequently, they've been authorized to be able to speed up the process uh, and do a lot of the the processing within the bank without going to uh, uh, authorize SBA certified lender of the 504 and um, but you, you need to build a relationship with that bank before you start however sometimes that doesn't take very long uh, if if you've already got an account there and they know you they can process the loan much faster than if they have to submit uh, information up to SBA for approval the only local bank that has that designation is FMS Bank in Fort Morgan okay well, it's really awesome that we have that one locally, and I didn't even know about that loan. So I think that's definitely a good one for, for me to know about, because I know, especially right now, and even before COVID came along, there was a lot of new commercial real estate that was hitting the market just with, you know, existing businesses just deciding to close their doors and, you know, move on to something new um, is what I've seen a lot of because a lot of them had been in business for, you know, a number of years um, and I had people that were in- interested in, you know, purchasing that location, but, you know, commercial loans, regular commercial loans, I guess, sometimes can be harder to get, especially if it's a new business and you don't have that 
history of you know profitability yet so this is definitely a good and and you can get you can get loans from agencies other than just a bank uh and that's where we can come into play there's not one size that fits all um we have two local small loan programs one of them is through the morgan county economic development uh they can give loans up to ten thousand dollars uh low interest currently is four percent and they'll do three to five years on it and the other one is the northeast colorado revolving loan fund which covers all northeastern colorado they are housed in yuma uh but they have um they have two board representatives from each county in northeastern Colorado that's on their board. And Morgan County does have two representatives on that. And currently under the COVID-19, uh, they set aside $150,000 at the revolving loan fund in, that's located in Yuma uh, for people who have not been able to get uh, money to function uh elsewhere and they'll go up to twenty thousand dollars for 36 months at four percent interest now generally both of those agencies require business plans but i think they're waiving that requirement at this point as long as you've got your income tax records from the previous two years with that they prefer they actually would want you to try to get the loan from a bank first but if the bank turns you down there this is an alternative and the other thing is that they like working with a bank so if the bank will do part of it then uh, you can do part of it uh, here again their interest rates usually lower than what the bank's interest rate is but right now i'm not sure what banks are charging because interest rates have dropped uh, now's the time really to invest in uh, real estate because interest rates have dropped you are absolutely right there so now I just have a couple general questions about you. Um, first off, what is your favorite movie and why? My favorite movie? Mm -hmm. Oh, <sighs> uh, I don't know. We like musicals. My family does. And so uh, we're, we're pretty fond of any musical that comes out. Okay. And as far as um, inspiration, who is the person or persons that most inspires you? You know, probably the one that I've uh, has inspired me the most has been a local person. And uh, that was Bob Dattery, who was the second president of Morgan Community College. He was a dean of instruction when I was hired at Morgan Community College. And I was at Morgan Community College for 34 years. And we went through some very difficult times, some crises uh, for the college to survive. And uh, his motto was where, where there are problems, there's also opportunities. And I've lived by that throughout my whole career. And uh, we're going through that right now. Uh, yes, there's problems, but there's also a lot of opportunities. Very true. And I think it's a great philosophy to have. Um, so is there anything else, Merle, that you would like to share with the listeners? Yes, we're willing. I'm willing to work with anyone. Uh, but they just need to go into our website, and that's www.eastcoloradosbdc.com, and request for an appointment, and we'll go from there.
All right, perfect. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. If you haven't already, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of my future episodes. Also, if you enjoyed the content, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to send me any questions you have real estate related using the hashtag AskAdrianaO. And I'll be sure to find time to answer them on one of my future podcasts. Thanks again, guys, and I hope you have a wonderful day.